0: Monday. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, joined by, I'm not sure who this guy is next to me, smoking a pipe.
1: Professor well, Beck.
0: Joined by Reverend Dr. Professor Beck. Colonel. Colonel, sorry. Uh, uh, Supergear and Jason Buttrell Glenn, top story. Top
1: story has to be the Jesse Smollett story. I love it.
0: Is that how you say it?
1: No. No. You I said it about
2: ten different ways today, so
1: <laughs> that's number six in case you're uh, keeping track. How
2: do you say it? Smollett. Smollett. What's Smollett.
3: He never mispronounces
2: last names. No. At all. Who, Glenn? Black like <laughs> drill. <laughs> <laughs> That's closer than Still, top three. Uh, applying the media's standards to the media.
0: Oh, <laughs> why would Whoa. you do that? I,
2: I would try it. I thought we'd try it. See, see what
4: happens.
0: <laughs> okay. Getting really crazy mm. here on uh, President's Day. Jason.
3: Uh, a coup in progress? Possibly, possibly not.
2: I could hear. I could actually hear, hear? the exclu- or the question mark at the end of that. Wait, one.
1: wait, wait. <laughs> Is it Who Venezuela or here? Here,
2: here. Okay. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we get into all of that, I want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. I feel like it's way more credible to hear this from a guy with a pipe. So <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to sure. him. Thank you,
1: <laughs> gentlemen. As the little lady was saying, <laughs> if you're looking for a, uh, if you're looking for a uh, home loan. These are the people to go to. They don't work for banks. They work for you. They don't have commissions. Uh, so, you know, they're just putting in 9 to 5. They're just trying to get through the day. Wait, we No, you know, not... I think...
0: No. Yeah, well, they,
1: they're trying they wanna, to get through they the they day, and people. they're not trying to screw you. That's okay. the deal. <laughs> um, they actually... Um, they really care about the individual. They really want to put you in the right deal. They won't make a wrong uh a, a wrong uh, move with people that are... Really, As
0: Stu would know. Stu, Stu
1: would know, because he called them and he's like, so I have this... Well, some would call it a scheme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're a like, if scheme. you can get that deal, go for it. We don't provide that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so they they're just rock-solid people. If you want to close quickly... Uh, and you want to be pre-approved in 10 minutes, it's AmericanFinancing.net.
0: Or you can call 800-906-2440. Yeah. Yeah. Sir, yes. yes. Jesse Smollett. Smollett.
1: Smollett. Smollett. Okay, so the current headline on the Drudge Report is, was this just a ratings ploy? pum pum. bum. bum, bum. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it was, but... I thought of that. Somebody asked me, do you think that was a ratings play? And I said, no. And then as I was walking away, I thought, well, why do I feel that way? Well, because no one, no one would be would stir up this much hatred for a ratings. And then I realized, yes, they would. <laughs> yes, they would. Everybody does it all the time now. But only talk radio is playing for that. Mm. That's the only one that will do that. Nobody else will do that. Well, isn't that what CNN... Isn't CNN, with some of their stories, for instance, Kavanaugh and uh, and Covington, they're not just committing fake news. They're not only committing fraud here. They're destroying lives. And I'd like to make the case that they're engaged in hate crimes. And it is their hatred of Donald Trump. That makes them see anyone with a MAGA hat. You could be Mother Teresa. You put a MAGA hat on Mother Teresa, they hate her. In fact, that might be a new painting. I think <laughs> Mother Teresa in a MAGA hat. MAGA hat, they would or a MAGA, or hat. a MAGA hat could be good too. Yeah. Um, they would hate her. They would hate her, and they would d- d- destroy. And you could say it's Mother Teresa. She was wearing the hat, and that's a trigger. They are so wrapped up in their hatred that they cannot see what's happening to the country. This guy, I don't know what his motivation was, but his motivation doesn't matter. And if we want this to stop, we have to prosecute him and put him behind bars. I don't think it will happen, but the law says that he should get three years in jail. He should get every day of three years in jail. And anyone who is is concocting these kinds of stories need to go to jail. It's it's not because I'm trying to protect the MAGA hat wearers. I'm trying to protect the people who are actually hurt by racists. And that does happen. But if we just continue down this road where I can cry racist and nobody's going to look into it because it serves the purpose because of your hate of Donald Trump, Nobody's going to listen to the cries of racist or sexist or misogynist or or any of the other ists. Um, and it's important. I know we talked about
2: this extensively off the air. That you know we, we don't know if the police accusations are true yet either,
1: right? Like, if this isn't done they did yet. Co- well, they did come out and say today mm-hmm. that he is officially no longer considered yeah. a victim. He's still denying it, um, you know, so... But, he,
0: but he's also refusing to talk to the police. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I, there's, the, the I think there's all sorts of problems.
2: Out. I just want to put out the blanket disclaimer just so, I mean, I because I, I do think alleged it still applies in this case. Uh, we get, we're innocent yes. until proven guilty, and so we're still there. Uh, the media didn't do that for what these mysterious Cletus folk that had assaulted him in the first place, and I do think that does still apply to him, even though I think for sure at this point he's lying, he's still innocent until proven guilty. So, it's a very, but,
1: but if he won't talk to police, <clears throat> um, and I can't believe... He was believe happy that to go
0: not, on Good Morning America. Oh, right. yeah.
1: I can't believe that they wouldn't just pick him up for questioning, but if he decides, I'm not going to talk to police... What are you going to do? Well, they're going to have to get a... You know, they're going to have you're to. You're going to have to get them yeah. Right. You're going to have to force him. But if he refuses to to talk to police, you know, then you're just going to have to guess. We can't be in this mm-hmm. world laws have to matter yeah the truth has to matter um
2: i you know there's glenn we could obviously get lots of surface analysis from the fill-ins on steve dace today but uh, <laughs> i Did felt you hear them oh they, were gosh, <laughs> they were <laughs> awful right
0: here guys oh my gosh oh. <laughs> uh, right. um,
2: I, I think that stepping back because i think most people have talked about uh, the idea that the media is terrible and that you know this he's obviously does not seem like he's a good guy in many ways and all, everything's swirling around that approach of it. I, I think what really matters about this story is the incentive structure we have set up in this country, mm-hmm. which is incentivizing people to fake attacks because that's the highest level of glory in our society. You get attacked by some evil, racist Trump supporter, then you are, you are God to the media, and you get the treatment as if you went to the moon. We're giving the, the people who get insulted on the subway the same treatment we gave Neil Armstrong
1: and that is well, a problem. he doesn't get a ticker tape parade. <laughs> he may. <laughs> I, I think he may. I, I think <laughs> there is a chance that he turns this around. Look what happened with, was it Baltimore? No, uh, St. Louis. Uh, when, that, when that went awry, mm-hmm. when, uh, what was his Ferguson, uh, the whole thing? Uh, was Third it child? Ferguson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's, you know, uh, hands up, don't shoot. Oh, Michael Brown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Michael Brown. So once that fell apart, what did they do? They moved it from the police to uh, the justice system. Mm-hmm. When it went through the court, the uh, justice system yeah. is flawed. Before, it was the police. Mm-hmm. Well, are they going to move this from the, uh, from the police to a, a crooked justice system? Will they just move the targets? Okay, so it's not, uh, it's, it's not Donald Trump it's the crooked police that just won't get it done, or it's the justice system that is just persecuting, and will he be treated as a star still? I think there's a chance that yes.
0: Well, I mean, you you even have people who are currently running for president, like uh, Cory Booker, who initially, when the accusations were made, uh, he came out and you know talked about how it was terrible, that there was all this hatred. I think he also used the term lynching, uh, as we saw from Kamala Harris's Twitter account, But then they asked him over the weekend after these new stories started to develop how he felt about it and if he had, if he wanted to amend his statement and he still all of a sudden said, well, I mean, I think that, you know, all the facts are still coming out and we should slow down and just wait for all the facts to come out. Well, interesting because you didn't want to wait for the facts to come out when you originally answered, Mm -hmm. you know, so I mean, it's like you have all of these politicians also who want to make these snap judgments and then... They but don't retract them. But
1: you're incentivized to.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: it's virtue signaling. And if you haven't responded, why haven't you responded?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, why, and he, why
1: weren't you on that right away? In, why did you wait a day or two?
0: In his follow-up, he made it a point to say uh, that we also need to pay attention to you know the, the fact that there are a lot of alt-right uh, terrorist attacks. And I think we have that clip. Let's play it.
4: I'm going to withhold until all the information actually comes out from on-the-record sources. Um, we know in America that uh, bigoted and biased attacks are on the rise in a serious way. And we actually even know in this country that since 9-11, the majority of the terrorist attacks on our, so- sole,
1: on our soil have been right-wing terrorist attacks. The majority of them is not white true. supremacist attacks. From the
4: horrific shootings in, in Pittsburgh
1: or in
4: South Carolina church, uh, what we're seeing is attacks on people because they're different. And we all need to join together and condemn those attacks and the hatred and the bigotry that that sources
0: them. Do you but would time it? for Mr. Smollett to address this more publicly, though? Given uh, what's out uh,
4: there. Again, I, I'm following this in the news as you are, and, and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, convenient. Okay. I, th- that th- that study
3: pisses me off. Actually, th- those statistics. Those statistics are actual FBI statistics. And we talked about this uh, this morning. Those statistics will show that, yeah, there is a larger number of those types of violent attacks versus, I don't know, Islamic extremism or whatever. But those a- attacks, and again, we talked about this, include basically regular gang crime. So there'll be like domestic violence uh, issues, like a Nazi skinhead punched his wife, mm-hmm. or a Nazi skinhead uh, shot a guy while he was robbing a convenience store has nothing to do with racism whatsoever fights but it gets one alum- fights in prison are included in that <laughs> now even if you added up all the numbers of the actual victims there were still far more victims uh, for Islamic terror. just We'll just take Islami- Islamic terror. Farmer victims on that side. But the numbers are so heavily skewed, but they'll make those stupid claims yeah. like that because they know that people will not actually go in and read the statistics. It's so dishonest. I
2: it, probably would have heard this if I was listening to the entire Steve Dace program earlier today. Yeah, uh, It's interesting. B- and, a brilliant expo- ex- it explanation. It really is. Yeah, yeah no, it is really. And, 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 you know, I love, my favorite part of one of these studies is you always start the study comparing evil white right-wing terrorists to Muslim terrorists the September 12th 2001
1: yeah, yeah. it's always, always the starting
2: point for that <laughs> yeah. one as yeah. if the 3000 people on September 11th didn't die right. since 911 well, 9 911 kind of matters guys it yeah. was sort of a notable event in our history
0: that we didn't just start from zero <laughs>
2: exactly
3: it's like well after that well <laughs> i heard the uh, the media today has been pivoting to where it. it's like they don't want another Covington fiasco so they've been saying look we didn't publish you know what we always said alleged you know we did we didn't push this hard and again we spoke about this earlier but i like what is the culpability of, like, say, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, outlets like that, when their top journalists, their top producers and their top uh, editorial people, they, with, with their front, the top line in their description, their Twitter bio, is editor, New York Times. But they're the ones by themselves are tweeting these things. Is there any culpability at all uh, on that? Because if, if if you read any of their Twitter, their tweets, you're like, oh, this is the guy from the New York Times. Right, but it's, so it's it's not it's like their personal opinion, and they're, they're, those right. are your opinions that But shouldn't but shouldn't these publications shouldn't they feel obligated to say, look, these are the rules of the company. You can't tweet like you were when you were in college. Yes. yes, it is. If you oh, yeah, are, yeah.
0: Yes. it is a gray area too. If they if they have a blue check mark, they have received that blue check mark and been verified for their job for their yeah. position as a reporter. I do think that they have a responsibility on that. Glenn?
1: No, I'm just thinking, <laughs> I don't know if this is a really ignorant thing or just a really snotty thing to say because I've lived my whole life with a blue check mark. What the hell does a blue check mark even mean?
2: It just really? means you are the, the official. You're actually the person. So, if, you know, it's if like if it, another person could start a Glenn Beck account and without a blue check mark, right. you know it's not you. Okay, but, it's, but it's, it's that's it. It's.
1: it's not that you're more credible or anything else. Because I think people look at that and say, oh, that's more credible. They do. Well, they do. Not, yeah. Which is right. why
0: I say if you know that you have it, you should have a responsibility of not tweeting out something a, that hasn't been
1: This is not verified. uncommon. If you are... If you are working, it, it's called in contracts moral turpitude. Mm-hmm. Okay, moral turpitude. I, I cancel any contract at any time, and they can cancel them on me on moral turpitude. If I suddenly am a Bill Cosby, guess what? NBC is out. They don't have to worry about paying you anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Pudding is on their own, and they're they're jello pudding. <laughs> jello pudding on their own. <laughs> pudding pops. It, it, the same thing should be with the, with the New York Times. It is here. If you started tweeting all kinds of racist things, okay, we would, we would absolutely come to you and say, um, you t- really, okay? You're, you work here. And if you continued to do that on your own, we would be able to fire you without any problem, I believe. Yeah. I believe. Why is the New York Times not doing that with their editors? Because they don't.
0: They, 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 they want that. It. They want yeah. that. Yes, they want to further that narrative. All right, we got to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with. This talk it really is.
1: No, I mean, it, it really is. Basically.
2: Yeah,
0: an information bias. Yes. yes, but
4: yeah, that's the only people we hang out
0: All right, a lot more to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Uh, Relief Factor is, of course the way that we all deal with Glenn now.
2: So
0: <laughs> we're Why very thankful so have to, to that. a big
2: selling point. No one can believe it? it's that effective.
0: It, I know. <laughs> it really is. We would have all had to quit by now if it wasn't for Relief Factor because... You do it, get a little cranky. <laughs> a little bit. But when you're in pain, it's yeah. like astronomical. No, I'm not
1: really cranky. Am I cranky when I'm in pain, no sir. We'll no, no, sir. No, sir. No, seriously. Oh, it's like, I, it's like those Snickers commercials.
3: <laughs> like, Sorry, but we give them a three-week quick start pack instead of a Snickers. Wow, <laughs> wow that's
1: the game we're playing here. Uh, yeah. Th- <laughs> try the three-week quick start. Um, it may not stop you from firing three individuals. <laughs> uh, but uh, it does relieve your pain. It does mine. 70% of the people who try it, it really works wonders. Um, If you're part of that 30%, uh, I'm sorry, but try it for three weeks. If it works, it's going to work in those first three weeks, and it is tremendous. Get your life back. Go to relieffactor.com.
0: And uh, that three-week quick start pack is $19.95. So, like Glenn said, 30, 30% of you are maybe out 20 bucks, but uh, 70% of you are out of pain, and it's life-changing. All right, Stu, the media. Yeah, I'm kind of looking
2: back uh, at about what seems like 47 controversies ago uh, to the Virginia governor blackface scandal for a moment. Um, because I think occasionally, when you have a little bit of time to breathe on a story like this, you can get additional perspective. And so uh, we all know the story. He, uh, There's a picture of... of in the yearbook, here it is, of, uh, of blackface with a Ku Klux Klan member. <laughs> <Jackson>. <laughs> that is, is always
1: hysterical.
2: Always comedy. Oh my gosh. Uh, and that's he's funny. Like, that's not me in the blackface, but <laughs> I did dress up as Michael Jackson uh, in a, <laughs> which is just a bizarre defense. Such if a, I may um, say,
1: he did not say <laughs> it wasn't him. He said he doesn't recall it you. being him either in blackface or or the hood. Yeah. What, no,
0: what PR person is going to tell him to make that statement? No, that was weird. And then he didn't even go on
2: to describe how he did it. I took a little shoe polish, and <laughs> I was like, "Dude,
0: don't know. You're we do not,
2: not, not <laughs> you're, you're not helping yourself." So, uh, Democratic governor again. I have no reason to defend him, and I am not defending uh, what he did or what what he did. But it is important, as we've learned with the founders, to put. Uh, actions in the context of the time that they occur. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York Times came out uh, about uh, the governor and said, uh, it's the governor who parties like it's 1884. Uh, part of the article in his opening statement, the governor said, in, in this place where a time where I grew up, many actions that we rightfully recognize as abhorrent today were commonplace, as though that time and place were 1884. But to live in this country and live in this century and to be still be talking about white men impersonating black people, it's suspect to believe it's always 1884 somewhere. You get the attitude of the New York Times here. It's like, this this guy believes the 1980s it was okay to do this. That's unbelievable. Well, it had me thinking a little bit about a certain movie that came out in the 1980s. Uh, the movie is called Soul Man. I believe we have a clip of the trailer. Can we uh, can we watch a little bit of this entertaining? Total task? for three years of law school. Wait a second. Look at this. Full tuition for the most qualified applicant. Most qualified black applicant.
4: 53000 $979. Don't you
1: think you're overreacting? No. Congratulations, Mr. Watson. Thank you, sir. I'll do my best. Some people will yeah. do anything to get into
2: Harvard.
4: It's gonna be great. These are the 80s, man. It's the Cosby decade. For Mark Watson, all it took was a little soul.
2: I'd like you to meet my good friend, Kareem Abdul
4: Ali. So we got Washington here on the coin toss, so he'll take Leon. That's Watson. Right. Sorry, Marcus. Yeah, there may be a problem here. Your <laughs> roommate was a, uh, <clears throat> right. black Negro. A black Negro? You know, there's
2: something really strange about you, and I don't
4: know what it is. Oh, God, is she beautiful? You gotta believe me.
0: You must have learned a great deal more than you're fallen for. But tell her I'm white. Oh, yeah, don't her you white! Right?
1: What's going on? Can we blame him? All, All for right, the color you. of his skin? I don't know how much Mondan, more we need to, uh, I'm to black. see you of this. Uh, point oh, being. No. Oh, it looked. Just
2: hysterical. Just hysterical, right. Um, That was a movie that came out in 1986. Approximately six years after... The governor supposedly uh, uh, dressed in in blackface as Michael Jackson. Now, remember, this is a major studio release. Mm -hmm. This was—I mean, was it controversial? Some people didn't like it all that much. They were hitting affirmative action and the whole blackface. They were both
1: scarred for life. See,
2: Glenn was scarred for life. (laughs) Uh, You know who wasn't scarred for life? The New York Times when they reviewed Soul Man in 1986. Here's what they write. There's nothing automatically funny about the story of a rich white college boy who masquerades as black in order to collect a scholarship at Harvard Law School. That's putting it mildly. But Soul Man, which opens today at other theaters, has a breezy, unapologetic manner. And it also happens to be funny, which goes a long way toward making up for any underlying obtuseness or insensitivity. It was underlying to them. The guys in blackface for the entire movie, Uh, they called it a cheerful frat house version. Version of Tootsie, a blithe, silly, good-natured movie, and of its kind, quite an enjoyable one. Uh, they also, this one's really bizarre, a pretty actress named Melora Hardin does what little she can with the role of a white girl who wants to sleep with Mark simply because he's black. Something about 400 years of oppression and anger, as she explains it, which is just a really creepy, weird line. Bottom line is, in the time, six years after they were saying it was completely unacceptable for the for the governor to have blackface they were reviewing positively a movie about blackface they praised it they thought it was funny they thought it was an enjoyable romp and you know because it was unapologetic because yeah. it was unapologetic right <laughs> which is why. strange i mean again you have to put yourself in the time when these things are occurring what did what does anyone defending blackface no of course not but certain jokes go out of style certain ideas go out of style I mean, this is Hollywood. It's not a conservative bastion. <laughs> Liberals at the time were releasing movies in blackface. Six years after, the New York Times is accusing this guy of being the most in,
1: uh, incomprehensible human being of all time. I mean, I, I think... W- I would like to remind you that the governor still has his job in Virginia. He does. Megyn Kelly mm. just oh. simply asked, mm-hmm. so if I'm, if I'm impersonating somebody and I like them, like Diana Ross... Is that why is it wrong to wear black blackface? And honest thing. question. You have the clip, mm-hmm. play it.
0: You do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on yes, blackface at yes. Halloween, or a black person who puts on white face yes. for Halloween. Like no. I, that, no. back no. when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing she up as bars. like a character. There was a controversy on the Real Housewives of New York with Luann as she dresses Diana Ross and she made her skin look darker than it really is, and people said that that was racist. And I don't know. I felt like. Who doesn't love Diana Ross? She wants to look like Diana Ross for one day. I, I don't know how like that got racist on Halloween. Fired.
1: Wow, fired. So benign. Fired. So benign. Fired. The, the the two guys who are dressed in blackface and Klan outfits that are in in the Democratic Party in Virginia still have their job. She was fired, and the press applauded. Why? She worked at Fox. I like the outcome. Yeah. She—I don't even think she liked Trump. No, definitely no, didn't. She no. got in huge fights with him right. every day. So she didn't even like Trump. It was just there was no MAGA there. Yeah. It was just you worked at Fox.
2: Ends justify the means, right? Yep. I mean, you know, they—they they themselves were guilty of the same things they're now criticizing, and no, you know, no one goes back and 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 looks at that stuff, but it's important too. That context of the time is vitally important to understand a
1: moment in history. Especially Uh, with what's coming, I don't know if you saw in the Yale Press, but uh, the Yale newspaper, (laughs) I guess I should say it with a pipe in my mouth, the Yale newspaper um, actually printed an, um, an editorial from a black woman who said, we all know that white boy, that white boy with that, that grin on his face, and we know that someday we'll see him on television sitting down to a confirmation hearing as a senator or something like that, and we'll all remember the things that he said, but we didn't take a snapshot. We didn't make a journal of it, and we have to keep these white boys. So I, I'm asking all of the students at Yale— to keep track, follow the white boys, take pictures of them, write down what they're doing wrong so we won't forget. Uh Oh my
0: gosh. That's horrifying. Back in a minute.
1: The only time I ever saw a communist newspaper was on the campus of Yale, my first day. Really? My very first day. I I walked on the campus.
0: All right, if you are uh, watching us on TV, you may be unaware that we have this little thing we do every show called Overtime where we Shut continue the conversation. Shut up, this sounds great. Yeah, so there's two places where you can find it. Holy cow. iTunes or wherever. You get your podcast because we do it on, uh, on podcast. Uh, but... Then you can't see our faces, Mm. which I know you guys want to see these gentlemen's faces. Mm. So, no. no. (laughs) No, no. So you can either uh, do it on podcast, and don't forget to subscribe and rate us and give us five stars, give us all the stars.
1: It actually helps if you rate us and review us. It helps other people discover the podcast.
0: Yes, Uh, or you can find it at BlazeTV.com. Use promo code News and get ten dollars off of your subscription. Mm. And so you get to see us. You get to see our faces, and you get access to so many more conservative voices, wow. which is huge in this day and age. Am I selling you on it? Oh, Are you going to go there? I'm, I'm subscribing
2: right now. Yeah. Great. what I'm filling it, filling it, it out right. next. Up next,
4: enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for
2: podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com.
0: Jason. Now we finally have time for you, I guess. I your story. Whatever. It's my overtime slot. Here so we go. This actually is real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nah, the Jesse Smollett thing was was a big one. Th- yeah, that was big. It took a lot of time. For sure. Yours is no less important.
3: And this it one actually
0: is really interesting. And
3: this one needs a lot, some time, to where you're not going to get interrupted uh, in the middle of it because literally
0: I, every I, you time you, just, you, you just say that you have a, a story that <laughs> you're like, it's super important though, and I have to rant about it every
2: single time. <laughs> yes. I also like the fact that you said it's really important that I don't get interrupted, and immediately she interrupted. And me. Uh, right. right, that's, I mean, that's this is what I happens. This morning, morning,
3: that's what happens. Steve in
2: twins right here. In
3: action. <laughs> All right, so, Andrew McCabe, the farm bill, and I'm going to rant. <laughs> um, no, and, and Andrew McCabe did his uh, did his sixty minutes interview did you guys watch that i did i
0: watched i watched the clips to prepare for the show but i didn't so i I think i I torture myself like that
3: i think the best way to set this up is do we do we have a clip uh, of where he was talking about the uh wire yes let's okay so just to set what i want to say about that let's watch that really quick
4: the deputy attorney general offered to wear a wire into the white house he said i never get searched when i go into the white house i could easily wear a recording device they wouldn't know it was there now he was not joking he was absolutely serious and in fact he brought it up in the next meeting we had i never actually considered taking him up on the offer Um, i did discuss it with my general counsel and my leadership team back at the fbi after he brought it up the first time the point of rosenstein wearing the wire into a meeting with the president was what what did he hope to obtain i can't characterize what rod was thinking or what he was hoping at that moment but the reason you would have someone where a concealed recording device would be to collect evidence and in this case what was the true nature of the president's motivation in calling for the firing of jim comey the general counsel the fbi and the leadership team you spoke with said what about this idea i think the general counsel had a heart attack and when he got up off the floor he said That's a bridge too far. We're not there yet. That it wasn't necessary at that point in the investigation to escalate it to that level. That's correct.
3: Okay. No kidding. Right. Um, The reason why the general counsel would have a heart attack, if this is even true, First of all, he's yeah. throwing Rosenstein into the bus, like, hardcore. So he's, bad. Listen to what he's saying. I don't know what was in his head. Uh, Rod. It was, another, it was that dude Rod. You know, he, I, I don't know why he's... And that, this was a trend through the entire interview, is he's throwing Rod Rosenstein into the bus nonstop. Um, so I don't know if there's something between the two of them or what. But the reason why the general counsel would, ha- would freak out is because it doesn't work that way, and everyone in the DOJ, down to the guy that brings everyone coffee in the morning, would know that's not how Pfizer works. They would have to go through FISA to even get even close to getting this thing approved. And the only way you can go to FISA is if you've already started an investigation and you've got enough corroborating evidence to say, look, this is why we think it should go to the next level. Now, you can't just show up to FISA and say, yeah, can we get a wiretap on Donald Trump? Because we have a hunch. Right. No, it doesn't work that way. That's like the final step. Now, he goes on to even talk about the 25th Amendment, invoking that again. That's, like, the final step after you found out all this bombshell crazy info, like, f- real hard facts. Now, what they were doing is, or what they're doing here is they're doing the entire process in reverse order. They're they're trying to, like, say, um, we don't have evidence, but we're going to go ahead and do all this stuff first. Because we have a theory. We have the theory. Like, the theory precludes everything else. Right. It doesn't, it's never worked that way in any of the, even the lower tier uh, uh, investigations. So... If you believe everything that Andrew McCabe is saying, then straight up there's a coup going on, like, or there was a coup going on. They were attempting one. If you believe everything Andrew, uh, uh, Andy McCabe is saying, um, at least they talked about it. I mean they necessarily were attempting it, but they, were, they at least considered something in that realm. Right. Um, but I don't know. Like this is this guy is a proof, he's, he is a liar. Um, the Inspector General at the DOJ said he was a liar. Um, that's pretty much an undisputed fact amongst the people in the DOJ and the FBI. So he's lied about this. He clearly has a dog in the fight here. Now, if like, and Glenn was talking about this in his show before, like when considering sources, you have to ask yourself, is this person credible? Uh, does this person have anything to gain here? Do they have a dog in the fight? Yeah. I mean, pretty much all of those points. He's, I don't, I don't see him as a credible. I do. He does have something to gain here. He has a dog in the fight. He's pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what his deal is with Rod Rosenstein, but that's an immediate red flag when he's like trying to shift blame all onto uh, the DOJ here. He's like saying, no, "I didn't do this." This is, this is out essentially. This is his
2: out. To blame Rosenstein for all of this. But
3: all of this, he's blamed Rosenstein, and all of this makes Donald Trump look really bad. Um, I don't know. It's it's you're either in the camp of thinking that there was a coup going on, or I I would I would. I would beg to say, look, let's take a step back here, and let's uh, let's wait for more information. So, you know, I know that's like you know, a crazy thing to ask for. You wait. know, at this point, yeah, but let's wait a little bit. He did say in that interview, he said that um, he immediately went and spoke to counsel. He went and spoke to several colleagues, saying, "Hey, look." Crazy Rod over here is asking me to put a, a wire. Should we do this? Has anyone even attempted to actually go to some of these colleagues I'm or sure, the general I mean. counsel? We just don't know the end We just result. haven't heard anything, mm-hmm. you know? Like we I, I don't know. We haven't heard anything. But we need to wait until we find out, you know, some of that information before we jump off the cliff and, you know, come to
0: conclusions. Yeah, it's just really disheartening too because, you know, especially because Trump Trump's war with the intelligence community has been going on for a long time, right? He's always said things to indicate that he doesn't trust them necessarily. And I remember, gosh, it was close to two years, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, Jason, I think, you know, we were on together when we did Think Tank and it was just kind of like, you can't do that. Like, you have to show trust in your, you know, intelligence community. But then you hear stuff like this, and you've got a guy who very clearly has lied in the past, and you've got Rosenstein saying, no, I did, I never tried to wear a wire. And you've got him saying, yes, you did. And it's like, I don't blame Trump for not trusting them.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a chicken and an egg thing. I mean, that, a lot of that stuff happened, we found out about that stuff after Trump had already said he didn't trust them, right? Like, right. I mean, so I it, it, I think there's a legitimate possibility that these things did were influenced by the fact that Trump so publicly de- demeaned these guys over and over again. That does not give them ex- an excuse for doing it, but it may have been their motivation in yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Again, I, I kind of lean to where you are at the end, especially on the, on the Mueller thing. There is a, we are spending millions of dollars on an investigation with someone that both sides at the beginning deemed credible to conduct it. And at some point, we are going to get the results from this investigation. Mm-hmm. That point is not now. Mm-hmm. So all of this is just sort of noise around it. Like, I mean, I feel the same way with, like, you know, you get one day you get a BuzzFeed story saying that, like, he told Cohen to lie, and the next day it's being retracted. It's like, this is just a, a bunch of noisy timeline before, before this comes out. I, I made this point uh, a while ago about this. Like, we look at this Mueller thing as it's a TV series, right? Like, so every day there's a new update, a new episode comes out every week, and we're following the storyline. In reality, the Mueller situation is more like a movie release. Yes, you get a trailer. Yes, you get a commercial for the movie, but you don't actually get to see the movie until it's released. Right. This movie is coming out in theaters. We're all going to see it. And at that point, we can really go through the evidence and understand in context what's going on, at least this as close as we're ever going to get to that. Um, right now, it's not that point. And I think, you know, if you go and you kind of dissect every single twist and turn in this, you're just going to kill yourself. This is all going to come out at some point, And we'll be able to see if they have an argument against this. We'll be able to see who, who backs what part of piece of information. At that point, we'll actually have some answers. But until then, we really don't have any. Yeah. I'm trying to stay as open-minded
3: about it as I, as I can. The, the case for... McCabe, Comey, or McCabe, uh, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, that were just kind of pissed off that one of their buddies got fired from the FBI, is incredibly strong. I'm not gonna say that's what happened, but it's like it—it it just looks really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, from all the leaked text messages that came out between all of them, they were on a first-name basis with McCabe. Actually, they, they called him Andy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, Andy. Yeah, he's going in to talk to Jim. You know what I mean? It's like it seemed like they kind of had their little click, mm-hmm. and uh, they were all kind of moving in the same direction. And once their buddy got fired, you know, that's when everything started kind of getting a little cray cray. I'm still fascinated how these intelligence people were texting everybody.
2: Like I what you I do you not know not to text these things? <laughs> I don't understand it. You're in the DOJ.
0: Which is but I think that that's what they feel like they're untouchable because yes. they're up so high.
2: Yeah. I that's, feel like I mean,
0: that that's part of
2: it. I mean, look, there's obviously I think there was definitely bad actors and people who did things that they should not have done. It's just hard to put everything in context until we see the actual evidence. Yeah. Like we don't know what they saw that you know that made them think they needed to do these crazy things, right? Maybe there's something. I don't think there is. I've seen no evidence that there were real uh, crimes committed at the Trump level. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, at some point we'll see this. And I think it's better, honestly, if you're a Trump defender, to to allow this thing to have... Instead of trying to just take apart every single aspect and act like it's all fake news, to treat it seriously, because I think... I mean, I could be wrong on this, but I think at the end, what you're going to find is that there's all not all that much against the people at those high levels. You're going to see people like Manafort and all that other stuff probably do a lot of shady stuff. But when it comes to Trump, I mean, I've still seen really no evidence that he did something criminal here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I, I think he made mistakes. I think he didn't know what the hell he was doing when the campaign started. There was definitely things I would have done differently and, and and questionable actions. But, you know generally speaking, at the end of this, if you denounce this and say it's not credible, when it comes out and says, yeah, he didn't do anything criminal, what are you going to say then? The way, uh, the way
3: I, you listen to, if you listen to that full interview, the way McCabe breaks it all down, to his version of the story, either makes it sound like they're incredibly incompetent, in which case we should just laugh at anything they say yeah. from, from now on, or he, the guy's just a straight-up liar. Like The way he talks about it, he goes, he said, the day I think the day after uh, Trump fired Comey, that's when they decided to open up the investigation. And instantly, old Crazy Rod was like, uh, Yeah, and I'll wear a wire and 25th Amendment. Yeah, he was just pissed at this. Are friend. you kidding me? Like, I, nobody at the DOJ would know. I mean, everybody at the DOJ would know that's not the procedure. And everybody at the FBI, like, McCabe wouldn't have to go to counsel and say, Hey, can we try this? Bro, you set in on these meetings, you know how this works. Yeah. You couldn't, like, counsel would laugh at you, but he would never go to counsel because that would probably get him fired. Like, dude, do you know our policy? Yeah, We have operating procedures that you've followed for the last 20 years.
2: You know this is not doable. I will also say, too, that you're pro. 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 One dope thing about this case is that (laughs) Uh, you know, I will say too, like just like uh, the National Emergency Act uh, was not intended for the way Trump is attempting to use it here. The Twenty-Fifth Amendment was not intended for a guy. Like, I don't know that guy just did something I didn't like. We yeah. should probably throw him out of office. It was like it was for like a person who's incapacitated after an assassination attempt. Is essentially what it's about. You can stretch it to make it believe like, oh well, mental incapacitation. Uh, he seems crazy. It's like it's a real stretch, there, guys. This is supposed to be something like a guy gets shot in the head and he's in a coma for six months. What do we do? He's still alive. We can't just. We have to have some mechanism to move on. Uh, that's really what the Twenty-Fifth amendment's about. It's not about like, "Why he fired my friend!" Fi-
3: Quick, how many of the cabinet members are on
0: our
2: side? <laughs> right. like, like that is not the spirit of that particular amendment.
0: Uh, Stu, tell us about Greta Thunberg.
2: Ah, uh, Greta. Greta. Yes, Greta is uh, actually. Greta is. Um, she is a. Uh, cl- she's in uh, Switzerland. Or Sweden, excuse me. She's a 16-year-old Swedish girl, and she has taken to protests about the climate. And you you must understand, finally, finally someone has decided to stand up. And I don't know if you've (laughs) ever heard of this. Climate change is important, apparently, to people uh, on the left who think it's a a really big (laughs) issue. Uh, And it's important to all of us because it's going to kill all of us. Yes. Remember that when yes. uh, people say that you freak out too much about ISIS. Um, but uh, So climate change is going to kill all of us. And sh- this 16-year-old has taken the immense step, and it gives her all sorts of credibility, to protest in a way uh, that, that really costs her, a, a way that, uh, that, you know, there's it, a great personal cost. She's decided to skip school to protest oh uh, wow I know what I was really sacrifice impressed by that's, it too
0: that's courage yes right that there. was
2: a glowing write-up with no <laughs> no uh I don't know irony at all that a 16 year old is skipping every friday for six months to protest the climate it's not that she wanted to get out of school that's so brave oh how brave is it <laughs> I protested all sorts of things when I was in high school we walked out all the time me and Dan andros so we used to walk out of school every time there was a walkout we were always with them yeah, I had no we're idea in we're school so you're on the side of a communism. I have no idea what we were doing. We were out of school and that's why we left. And now a lot of kids are trying to do this and replicate it shockingly. March for Our Lives are the same thing. Yeah, yeah, March for Our Lives. Now look, that doesn't I mean she may very well care about the climate, but like, let's not act like walking out of school every Friday for six months is this great <laughs> sacrifice. They're like, and her dad is bringing her lunch that she can eat. There. This sounds awesome. Like, I would have done it every... Like, your, your dad's okay with you skipping school? I'm 100% in. Um And, and they keep featuring all of her little... uh like snarky uh tweets and like her little snarky comments um about how like people will be like, oh, you know, this is silly. She's skipping school, and this is help hurting her with her lessons. Like I think Merkel or somebody said that, and uh, she she responded, you know what else is ridiculous? What you've done to our climate? You know, like, <laughs> it's like that sort of nonsense. Like these sixteen-year-old dolty, like you know, uh, b- bumper sticker responses. But because she's on the right side of this, mm-hmm. I mean, like we never see we've never seen an article like this about Kyle Kasha, for example, no. who is a you know a Second Amendment defending person who was in the same high school as. as the shooting at Parkland. He never gets glowing write-ups like this. This is a... It's a glowing... Like, look at this person. This 16-year-old is brave enough to take steps and we won't even do it. She's brave enough to take steps to get out of biology class for the day. Like, I... you know, I don't know what's st- you know. It's, I guess it's cold there, so you give her a little bit. It's funny because she's bundled up in every photo about climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, look, I get that. You know, some people do actually care. I just I find it amazing what the media will latch onto the fact that a high school student is selflessly skipping school to protest something should not be something we get all worked up about.
3: And what's funny is I mean, I'm perfectly willing to listen to someone that would get, have like an actual like if you had someone that would starting this campaign to educate people science deniers. Mm -hmm. on the actual facts i'd be more than willing to listen i I would love that Mm -hmm. the problem is they're not willing really to actually go through and answer the questions that i have on it Mm -hmm. like hardly ever Um, but they really think that a 16 year old uh is going to have all these like hardcore she might have she might know more than bill nye i'll give her that but (laughs) i mean that's a pretty low par and that's
2: that's insulting (laughs) Come come on now
3: but seriously what does a 16 year old know about anything I mean, what can they offer to the to, to the discussion?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, as Jonah Goldberg puts it, the the only thing, the only thing that's the most closely associated thing with stupidity is youth. You're like, I, like, when you are five, you definitely don't know what you're talking about. And you know what? You gain knowledge as you go. And you may, not, you may come to the wrong conclusions, but at least you have the knowledge to come to a conclusion. The fact is that no 16-year-old knows enough about this issue to be the face of it. Uh, the same thing with gun violence, by the way. No 16-year-old, no matter how, what, what personal tragedy they've been faced with, has any more knowledge than someone who studied the Constitution for a long time and actually knows something about the issues. Yeah, I, look, because they went through a tragedy does not mean they're qualified to talk about the Second Amendment. I,
3: I've been through war. I'm not qualified to lecture generals on how bad their strategy is. I'm just not. That's, you know, that's them. Yeah. Um, just, that's just so ridiculous. And you can't even criticize them. You can't even criticize them. They're, they've been deemed untouchable. I, I'm obviously talking about, you know, David Hogg and all them.
2: Yeah, but... You don't think, you think Greta's... Greta's also, I think, deemed untouchable. Think she's me, uh, you know, because it's like a, it's like, it, you know, it's like almost like a cute puppy dog as a, as a mascot for a, you know, a restaurant. It's like, you know, it's like, well, she's the cute mascot. Like we can't, we're not going to criticize her. It makes you feel warm and good about this, this story. It makes you feel like, look at her, her sacrifice. Gosh, darn it. I feel great. And like, you know, it's cute. Your kid goes out and raises money for some local charity. You feel good about it. It's a nice little story. I almost feel that we're at the other side of that, where we're at a point where, Uh, maybe we praise activism a little too much, you know, Um, uh, where we get to a point where like maybe encouraging our kids to get involved in every little political struggle and have their little cute little take on it and they go door to door and collect box tops to support whatever charity's going on or whatever cause is going on. Why don't we let them be kids a little bit? Why don't we let them enjoy their childhood? They're gonna have to deal with this nonsense for the rest of their lives. I think like forcing our kids to get into this stuff all the time, even on conservative causes, I'd like to lay back. I don't, really, I don't necessarily want my kid involved in the abortion debate. I honestly like the Covington thing. I, the parents reacted in a way I think I would, which was, with the exception of the one interview, they didn't do anything. Yeah. I'd want them out of that. I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to thrust my kids into the middle of that stuff. Politics are not good for adults to, to harp yeah. on nonstop. We weren't meant
3: to do that. It's the reason why D.C. was put in a swamp for crying out loud and all the cool places were in the rest of the country. Yeah. It's like, let's put it in a place where no one cares about and it's nasty and disgusting.
2: No one will want to care about what goes on here. It's largely yeah, it's made for specialists, right? Like I mean, like no, we come in here and our dumb job every day is to talk about this stuff, but like... Your job as a viewer is not to watch The Blaze 24 hours a day.
0: Uh, I disagree. I would say. We do
2: repeat a few shows, so I would say you shouldn't. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, like, you're supposed to tune in and get your fill and, like, the shows that you like and get the perspective, and you move on with your life and live it. The reason why we read all the stuff and go in and dive into this every day is so that you don't have to get stuck living your entire life obsessed with politics. I mean, we obviously love when you tune in, it's great and everything, but, like, it's supposed to be a part of your life. You know, and like specialists in Washington, politicians, lobbyists, you know, commentators, all those people have to live it all the time so that the average person can sit back and actually, you know, live their actual life and, and apply what is needed into their life and, and be passionate about some of those issues. You shouldn't have to dive into this all the time. It's not what it was intended. Right, we have a representative government, so we don't have to be doing this all the time.
0: And that's what we're here for mm-hmm. here at the news and why it matters. Mm-hmm. Uh Remember, you can tweet us your questions and comments using the hashtag TheBlazeY. That's W H Y for you podcast listeners. All right, today's The Blaze comment. I think do we have a, a picture of it?
2: Oh yeah, this is. I think I saw this one coming in. This is the one about uh, Soul Man, the movie I was refer- uh, talking about earlier. Yes. Um, now Soul Man, by the way, is still available. It's a 1986 movie that came out about a kid who fakes He goes in blackface to pull up, uh, to, um, uh, <laughs> shockingly, to get into Harvard. It was about affirmative action, and it was about, um, uh, you know, obviously racism. Anyway, so the uh, photo, uh, uh, someone sent in a photo of uh, the actual re- uh, description. There it is. on uh, Michael. Uh, Michael sent it in uh, about the description on Amazon now if you want to go watch it. It just says, Mark Watson has been accepted to Harvard Law School, but his dreams uh, are dashed when his parents withdraw financial support. <laughs> That's the entire plot. The movie's about a kid who, who, yes, all that happens. Then he goes into blackface and goes to Harvard in blackface. <laughs> Which was the whole The premise. whole point and premise of the movie, they just removed it all. I love that. I mean, you can't even, re- you can't even have accurate reviews because an accurate st- plot of a movie might be considered racist. <laughs> So funny.
0: Uh, all right, Friday's poll. Do you support the president's decision to declare a national emergency to address border security? 71% of you said yes.
2: That is, I think we said 70-30, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, 19% no said no,
0: 10% were unsure because apparently we've well, still not, got I, that I, subset of people. Unsure who are like, is, I think, explainable on this one. Right? But I feel like I unsure think. you just don't vote in the poll. We're going to have to ask the people who like the poll. Unless you give them an opportunity them the for them opportunity unsure. to say unsure.
3: I get it. It's, it's not easy yeah. because all of us agree that there is an emergency. The question is, is it a conservative viewpoint to declare a national emergency? And
2: that part of it, I think, absolutely is not. For me, it's an absolute no. But I understand a lot of people, I mean, because the, the underlying issue is serious. And, and the media, to, to, to try to take the power away from Trump, acts like it's not a serious problem. And that's what I think most people react to.
0: Yeah. Uh, today's poll question Do you think the mainstream media believed Jesse Smollett's original story or did they want to push a narrative? Let us know at The Blaze's hmm. Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Quite honestly, I don't do we, think they cared. Do
2: we have a both? I think I would go I with would both. I would say those. yes yeah.
0: and yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I think they both. really cared. Because I think they
2: did believe it. Because that's yes. their worldview, it reinforced their worldview. But they certainly were pushing a narrative. There's no question about that, in my yeah.
0: view, of course. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they cared whether or not it was true because they were able to push the narrative that they wanted to push. Yeah.
2: I do, I, Otherwise, you dig deeper. I will right? say, like, it's like Anthony Weiner. When Anthony Weiner came out and he got out of prison, by the Weiner's I know, the Weiner's out. The out. Oh, that's a great He's headline. Loose. Um, but when he came out and he said, look, like, I, 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 did not, you know, I didn't do these texting things. And then he said something to the effect of like, look, I mean, I wish, I wish I looked like that. Like he said, like I wish my body looked like that or something like that. When he's talking about a photo of himself, think of how psychotic that is. But like when he said that, I was like, this guy is either psychotic or he really is putting it on the line. Because if this is not true, he's toast. And that's I think the same thing you'd think about Smollett. Same thing I thought about it. Like it was a sketchy story, but like if you make that up, you're risking your entire livelihood. You're You're a celebrity. You could make millions of dollars. You're risking a lot to make some dumb point about Donald Trump or racism. And so, I mean, I can understand how people believed it initially. But, I mean, as soon as you look at it, it falls apart.
0: Yeah. All right. Let us know at The Blaze's Twitter. That's it from us. Thanks for watching. Um,
2: Poor Greta.
0: I just, it's a a good look.
2: Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program,
1: become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.